Hello and welcome to today's episode of Platinum Talks Wealth. Emmy-nominated journalist Jennifer Rogers Markwell changed gears in her television career when she realized the need to help women make sense of investing. She regularly hosts educational workshops to empower women and others to take charge of their financial future. Now, join your host, Platinum Wealth Management President Jennifer Rogers Markwell as she leads us into the world of money memories, money infidelities, and how these can mold our relationships relationship with our personal finances as adults. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, and thanks so much for joining us today. It's Jennifer Rogers-Markle with the Platinum Talks Wealth podcast. Today, we are joined by Vicki Lewenberger, who is a digital nomad and has a fascinating story to tell. Vicki, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us about you and all the things and why you do what you do. Amazing. So yeah, I'm a digital nomad who escaped the Canadian winters in order to travel the world on my sailboat full time. So I've been living on my sailboat for a total of nine months now, cruising the Caribbean islands, been to about 10 different Caribbean islands. And I was a digital nomad for a couple months before that as well. I explored South Korea, a bit of Europe, and a bit of the east coast of the U.S. and of Canada. I'm really passionate about creating connections, meeting new people. I'm currently on a challenge to meet 365 entrepreneurs in 365 days. So Jennifer, you are the 10th, I think, or 11th entrepreneur meeting. So thank you so much. Fantastic. Um, This is really great. So one of my big passions is networking, um, but more concretely what I do in terms of an income, because that's often the first question people ask me when they're like, how are you able to live on a boat is that I help other aspiring digital nomads um, as part of a coaching collective. So that's one of my streams of income. I also work part-time for my partner's business. I'm also um, an expert on a wellness app in Quebec. So that's a Francophone wellness app. And I have my own networking Francophone space for entrepreneurs as well. Um, So everything related to human connection, human mind, and just having a great time. So obviously there's a big backstory here, right? Like how did this happen? Like, I mean, obviously you're living kind of a bucket list, right? People retire to do this, but you're doing it now. But what's the backstory? What brought you here? How did you end up where you're at now in a sailboat in the middle of a beautiful part of the world? Yes. Um, So it all started in 2019. I went on a charter trip to the Bahamas and 2019 was kind of a dark era of my life. I didn't really have a purpose yet. I wasn't fully in love with myself yet. I was not in a happy relationship. I hadn't figured out my stuff career-wise either. And so I go on this beautiful trip um, in the Bahamas. So it was my first time on a sailboat. I was on the sailboat for two weeks with a captain and just kind of discovering the sailing lifestyle. And of course, I mean, Bahamas, hello, it's gorgeous. And uh, I just specifically remember this moment where we went spearfishing and caught a fish and the captain opened the fish up on a rock and then we made fresh sushi out of the fish we just caught and that was the moment for me where I was like oh my god like this is this is the life I want to live this is how I'm meant to do life live sustainably eat the food that I just caught myself meet amazing people watch the sunset swim every day and um from that moment on I just made it my mission to make this possible and just know that At that point in 2019, I knew nothing about boats. I knew nothing about diesel mechanic. I knew nothing about electricity for boats. I 
didn't have a remote job. I um, knew nothing about navigation, VHF radios, meteorology or anything. So I was starting from zero and then just build myself up from that point on, learned everything I needed to learn. And here I am now on my first boat. I mean, that's like a double wow, right? Wow. Gosh. Well, I mean, what would you tell a person who's working the normal like eight to five, eight to six type of job? I mean, like I said, this is more of a retirement for a lot of people, right? You look at this and what do you want to do when you retire? I'd love to sail. I'd love to travel, whatever that looks like. But a lot of people aren't embracing this now and trying not to figure out a way to incorporate in their life at this moment. Yeah, I think um, the first thing is that you need radical honesty. You need to be really honest with yourself about who you are, what kind of life you want, and in what kind of setting do you feel safe. Um, my sister has the complete opposite life. She has a beautiful house in the suburbs with her husband and her new puppy dog and her two cats. And she has a little like business that she grows from her garage and she is super happy. She hates travel, travel makes her anxious and she loves her house and she loves decorating it. So the first thing I wanna tell someone who's in an eight or eight to five or a nine to five, um, be very honest with yourself about what kind of life you want to live because you only got one shot at this, you know? So you, you got to create something that's custom to you and your desires. The other thing I want to talk about re retirement is that retirement is the biggest scam to me. Um, it's the biggest scam because you'll see that people who retire earlier die earlier. I don't plan on retiring. Retire Working is what keeps our brain active. You know, if you look at any research in neuroscience, they'll show you this. People who work longer live longer. And there's so many people who retire and then they saved up all these projects, all these dreams for their retirement. But then because they stopped working, their cognitive abilities go down or even their physical abilities go down. And then they're not even able to enjoy those things. Um, so retire is not the goal for me. This is life, not the retirement. Fascinating. Well, obviously that ties right into money, right? Which is what we discuss on this podcast. So um, what would be a money memory for you that helped mold your relationship to money? Maybe that you had in childhood that mold your relationship to money as an adult. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, I think my parents, like my dad always kind of saw money as a way to invest into our dreams. And I remember asking, for example, why we didn't eat at the restaurant so much or why we didn't do, didn't have new clothes like these other kids. But then again, my dad traveled a lot. He did a lot of outdoor activities. He invested a lot in having outdoor gear like skis or good tents or good sleeping bags. So I think for what I'm trying to say is that money in my life has always been about choice. Where do I want to put my money? And um, that's kind of what happened with the boat here, right? I could choose to invest the same amount of money in an apartment in downtown Toronto, but I'm choosing to invest this money in a boat. So that memory is about choice and money. Now, that's fascinating. I mean, kind of back to, to your journey, because the costs are similar, do you envision doing this indefinitely? Do you have a game plan or, or is there no game plan there? Yeah, I think we want to continue as long as we're enjoying ourselves. We did start with a small boat. We're not going to lie. Like we have friends that are a lot more comfortable than we are because they saved up for longer before us or they sold a house that they have to buy a boat and things like that. For us, we decided to go with a small boat because we didn't know if we were going to enjoy it. 
Um, so we started with the boat. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say the numbers. Our boat cost us thirty thousand dollars. So I think for a young couple, if you have a budget around that, thirty thousand, and then maybe plan an extra ten thousand for repairs within your first year. Um, with forty thousand, you could live comfortably, like on top of your cost of living, right? Like internet, food, and all of that. But just in terms of where you're sleeping at night, um, if you have a budget of around forty or forty-five thousand dollars, you could probably get around on a boat. So are your costs actually like, I hear what you're saying. So Toronto apartment costs similar to what boat expenses would be kind of a wash yep. there. What about a wash when it comes to like necessities, like food, the conveniences of life? I mean, is it similar pricing? Have you sacrificed anything you feel or maybe not? Yeah, great question. Um, one thing is that on the boat, we're solar powered, so we don't have any costs related to electricity. And in most marinas, filling your water tanks with water costs barely nothing. I think we spent $2 a month on fresh water. So right there, fresh water, electricity is really good. In terms of internet, it depends which country we're in, but we're usually going to get around $100 US for indirect consumption per month, which is similar to what we were spending when we were in an apartment. We lived in Montreal, so that we were we would be spending that a hundred dollar anyway um and then on t on top of that of course we have medical insurance which is about forty dollars a month so not that big of a deal um food will vary which island we're on if we're eating more out of the restaurant or more in the grocery store but food is kind of something that you're always able to adjust right if you're willing to eat rice and tuna cans um you can get along so depending on what kind of type of living, what kind of lifestyle that you have, you're able to adapt. But we're we're usually able to spend, you know, around two hundred dollars a week on groceries. Uh, so, and then, like you said, you could go get your own fish that you caught yourself yes. that morning, and that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, hundred percent. And then you get invited on friends' boats, and you know, <laughs> that's the life. That is the life. Well, another thing we like to discuss is financial infidelities. And that could be something that, you know, you've experienced financially. And it could be something as, you know, I'm not being impeccable with myself about my budget or um, I bought something that I'm not telling my partner about and hiding that because it was a financial, you know, spend that was maybe bigger than expected. What's something that you've either experienced that you're open to sharing or that you've seen that you think that, you know, listeners could learn from? Yeah, I have this great story. I don't know if it's an infidelity, but. It was probably one of the biggest fights I've ever had with my partner. Um, so the sailing dream was my dream, right? I, in 2019, declared to the world I was buying a sailboat, starting studying. Along the journey, I started uh, interviewing men <laughs> to get a partner because I didn't want to do this alone anymore. Met my partner. He's great. Speaks a bunch of languages. I had some sailing experience. Doesn't get seasick. So he qualified for dates. We started dating. We started dating. We agree that we want to buy this boat and we actually bought it on April 1st. Um, so we've had it for a year now. We didn't move on it right away, but we made our first payment on April 1st and we decided to buy it 50-50, right? So he had to put in 15,000 US. I had to put in 15,000 US. And uh, I thought everything was good on his side. Everything was good on my side because I've been planning for this dream for years. So I had the money, you know, cash in my account for that. Um, fast forward to June, we're in South Korea. I have no idea how his finances are doing. 
we, our last payment on the boat is due. I've already done all my payments, but he hasn't. And then on the day of the last payment, he tells me, hey, I don't have the 5,000 I'm supposed to give on the boat today. I was so freaking mad. I was so mad because this was my dream. This was my baby. And we were about to lose thousands of dollars and our dream boat because he didn't plan his things financially. And I was like, how the hell, how, why did we pay a plane ticket? Why are we in South Korea right now in an Airbnb if you were not able to afford our boat? Like, that's something we agreed on months ago. What is going on? Um, I welcomed him in compassion. I listened to him. And I was like, okay, like, I get it. You made poor decisions. That's okay. But I'm not losing this dream. And maybe for you, you know, not you specifically, but to the listeners, if you're, you have this big dream, right? Whether it's to get some high level coaching or to move abroad or whatever, you're this close, you're going to find the freaking money. Within 15 minutes, I had called up a bank. $5,000 loan in my bank account. I paid the last. I didn't think for a second because I was not letting this dream go and money was not going to be the thing that would keep me from achieving that dream. Um, I had never used credit cards. I'd never had a loan before in my life. So this was all happening really fast and really crazy. And within three months, we paid the loan back and our financial situation went back to normal. But I just remember specifically this moment where like I had this clarity of $5,000 is nothing compared to this dream of mine. How did that turn for, and if I can dig a little deeper here, right? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Communication between you two, right? Because communication financially is a big deal and that causes, unfortunately, sometimes breakups, divorces, whatever that looks like. How did that maybe evolve or change because of that situation with communications with you both? Yeah, we definitely became a lot more transparent about our financial situation. We opened up both of our accounts, looked at it together, um was a little bit awkward because 20 days later he proposed to me and one of the reasons why he hadn't been transparent about his money expenses is because a big chunk of money was going out for an engagement ring um which that led to other conversations and starting this journey of committing to each other being more transparent financially and open about our transactions um so yeah i think it kind of saved us as well having this realization that money it's a big part of relationships and we hadn't realized that yeah and i i feel like truly kind of a maybe not a speed bump way to have that conversation initially right for for your experience by all means but like so much better having that now than it would be five years later in your relationship or your marriage oh yeah a hundred percent if i could speak to myself you know a year ago i probably would be like hey sit down with your partner i would have told him And that's kind of the conversation that happened. And it's awkward if anyone's listening, don't judge me. Um, I wish she had made the last boat payment instead of proposing. You know, if I had known he was spending thousands of dollars on a ring, I probably would have said, like, I would much rather you honor your promise of buying your half of the boat uh, because that's what really drives me. Um, So it was interesting. It was a very honest, very raw and we were able to navigate through it, but yeah. No, thank you for sharing. And I feel that goes back to also what's important to you. Having that communication at the end of the day, do you need a fantastic, beautiful ring or is the boat in essence like your promise and your commitment? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. So what advice would, I mean, obviously you're on quite a journey. What advice would you give to others maybe in, also in that 
couples communication realm as well if they're going to have an adventure like this. Yeah. So whether it's for really anything in your life, whether it's financially in your relationship or if you're on a boat and your diesel engine doesn't work anymore, if you're feeling stuck, it's because you're focusing on everything that you don't know instead of focusing on everything that you can learn. Everything is an opportunity for learning. So whether you need to learn about managing your money better, whether you need to learn about navigating difficult conversations, whether you need to learn about how to change a freaking fuel line on a diesel engine, you can learn all of these things. If you start focusing on, I don't know how to fix a diesel engine. I don't know how to talk with compassion to my partner. I don't know how to manage my money. These are all things that you can learn. Um, so just shift your mindset, go back to that childlike playfulness. Look at that diesel engine and start playing just like Legos. Start pulling pieces apart and read the manual and ask questions. Be curious and you're gonna you're gonna figure it out. I love that. That's fantastic. So before we wrap the conversation, I always like to ask, what are some tips and or tricks that you use to utilize money in your household and or boat? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, actually I have this great resource. Wait, I'm going to try to find the name. We have this website. This is more for digital nomads. Um, give me one second. I have it right here. It's called Expatistan. So Expatistan is a website that gives you the cost of living comparison between several kind of cities in the world. So let's say I'm going to be moving right now. I'm in Martinique, which is a French island between St. Lucia and Dominica. And next week, we start sailing south to St. Lucia. When I budget my month, I'm going to go in on Expanistan and check what is the differences in cost of living. So that that way, and it shows you for each category, food, transportation is a software that helps you compare cost of living. So if you're a digital nomad and you're moving around a lot, it's a really powerful tool. So difference in food, difference in internet, difference in transportation. Um, so it's going to help me adapt and plan my travel and my budget. That's fantastic. I've never even heard of that. So that's super interesting. So appreciate it. And, and good luck with all your journeys and, and definitely keep us updated. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us. And hopefully you will join us again on the next Platinum Talks Wealth podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Platinum Talks Wealth, please subscribe and share. For more information about Jennifer Rogers Markwell or Platinum Wealth Management, please visit www.platinumwealth.net. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA and SIPC. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The guest speakers and their companies are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Platinum Wealth Management.